today's affirmation I took directly from a psalm, one that David was reflecting on, and that is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And this is such a wonderful, basic affirmation when we think about prosperity. And indeed, knowing that the Lord is our shepherd, that the Lord is there to shepherd us, to guide us through life. And if we know this and we become keenly aware of this and we align ourselves with the truth principles that Christ has taught us, there will never be a time of want. There will not be lack or limit. And many of you may recall our affirmation last week was, prosperity is my divine heritage. And we discussed utilizing prosperous words, thoughts, and actions to experience this prosperity, which is our divine heritage. And of course, I can speak for myself only on this, but also in talking with people, I've heard so often that as we grow up, a lot of us in more fundamental faith traditions and uh, even outside of faith-based Uh, organizations, we'll hear a lot of times that poverty is a virtue. You know, a lot of people hold up Mother Teresa as such a, a wonderful pillar of humanity because she always went without and she gave to so many and she was a person who herself Uh, seemingly lived in just abject poverty all the time and uh, went around the world helping people and doing wonderful things. And uh, the reality is she really could have done this and uh, enjoyed the finer things in life and still done the same work because God had intended that for all of us to live lives of great happiness and great health and great prosperity. And so I want to talk today a little bit about this sort of, uh, I'm going to call it myth, that poverty is somehow a virtue. So today for a bit, we want to examine the, the contrary, the contrary to prosperity, and that is the lack of prosperity, and the many, many challenges brought on by lack and limits. While we have all heard the stories of family who live in abject poverty and were as happy as can be, we know that there was also unhappiness. And generally, the happiness that these families were experiencing was based on the family unit, the love of family, the love of one another. Loretta Lynn, the famous country singer, had a line in her song that was so popular, we were poor, but we had love. That's the one thing daddy made sure of. Well, we hear in that line that it wasn't the poverty that made them all so happy. It was the love. It was the love. And so, of course, we see that uh, regardless of your financial situation in life, you can have love. But you can also be prospered. You can enjoy prosperity and enjoy love as well. It's not the uh, absence of prosperity that provides for the love or that provides the happiness. It's the love that provides the happiness. And so again, we go back to the fact that there is no great virtue in poverty that oftentimes we are led to believe. And I know uh, in faith traditions that I grew up in, oftentimes, Poverty was glorified as a wonderful thing that, you know, if you're impoverished but doing good while you're just a wonderful soul, you're, you're, you're building your, your mansion in heaven by living this life of abject poverty here. And, of course, as New Thought students and as uh, 
actually people who can read the Bibles and read the scriptures and read the teachings of Christ, we can know that that really isn't the case, that there is uh, no point in the scriptures where Christ says, go and live a life of absolute poverty and things are going to be great for you later on. We don't read that because that's just not what Christ the master taught us. And I find it truly difficult to believe that anybody finds true happiness in going to bed hungry. I find it truly difficult to believe that anybody enjoys losing a toe from frostbite because they can't afford wood to heat their house. Uh, and I can go on and on about examples like this. But poverty, as noted by Catherine Ponder, and as we go through our series on prosperity, we're going to refer to uh, the writings of Catherine Ponder a lot. She's sort of considered the prosperity guru in the unity movement uh, because she has such a great understanding of this. Poverty, as noted by Catherine Ponder, is described as an uncomfortable, degrading experience. She writes, Poverty fills prisons with thieves and murderers. It drives men to drink, women to prostitution. It drives people to drug addiction and suicide. Poverty has the potential to drive potentially fine, intelligent, and talented children to delinquency and crime. It drives people to do things they would otherwise never dream of doing. Ponder goes on to state that even communism, which we think of today, we, we, we live in a democratic society and so often we think of communism as potentially one of the most dreaded movements in the world, it gets a stronghold in societies as a direct result of poverty. You have entire societies who are struggling to eat, who are struggling to survive, and they become completely engulfed in the idea that this thing of, of, of socialism or communism is a great thing because everybody's gonna get something. And if there's a strong government that can provide for everybody's basic need, it's better than a democracy where parents get to sit around and watch their children starve right before their eyes. So all of this poverty, Catherine Ponder notes, is really a form of hell, and it's caused by man's own blindness to God's unlimited good. And as we're a faith tradition where we talk about positivity and, and, and the good and positive life, we want to be done with thinking of poverty as a virtue. And at this point, I also I want us to move on from speaking of the negativity of poverty. And I want to move on to speaking of the positivity of prosperity and the reality of prosperity that it's out there for all of us. It's meant for all of us. We're all meant to have lives of great happiness and great health and great prosperity. And our goal this week is to focus on the virtue of living a life of prosperity. There is no virtue in living a life of poverty. And indeed, God wants us to live these lives of great prosperity. And the good news is, and this also is a writing from the psalmist David where he wrote in the first Psalms, verse 1 and 3, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. 
and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And this is just the beginning, because as we go through this series, uh, you may come to dislike me for the number of uh, affirmations that I begin to share with you that are related to prosperity. These that I'm using today are all from scriptures. And of course, the beginning one is the one we use today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The next one is be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God at work in this situation now. And that's a wonderful thing for us to, to, to reflect on and have in mind when we think of the challenges that the people in the Gulf Coast are going through right now, is to be still and know that God is at work in that situation right now. The next affirmation, our sufficiency is from God. And uh, the last one is from the very popular Lord's Prayer, give me this day my daily bread. So we know that we don't have to be in a place of hunger. We know that it is God's intention to provide for us daily, every day. Give me this day my daily bread. And so I hope that everybody will uh, take these affirmations home with them and find a place, uh, maybe a under a magnet on your refrigerator, tape them to a, a mirror where you get ready for work every morning and, uh, or begin to start your day and, and reflect on these affirmations and know that indeed prosperity is our divine heritage. It is what God has meant for us to have. We are not meant to live lives of poverty. And in fact, we have seen the ills of poverty. Poverty as described by Catherine Ponder, is a sin. It is a sin to not seek forth all the good that God has for us. And it is so easily attainable. And it all starts here in the way that we think and the way that we see things and the way that we interpret things. And of course, we can sit on the side of the curb and say, my life is such a mess and it's so terrible and it's never going to get better. And the result generally is that we're going to be sitting by the side of the curb and things aren't going to get better. Whereas when we sit by the side of the curb and we say that I am going to be still and know that God is at work in this situation and this day I will have my daily bread and I will succeed because I am a child of God and prosperity is my divine heritage. Why then, of course, we turn our mind, we turn our thinking, we open ourselves to all the good things that we know that God has for us. And so, of course, the way that we think, the way that we interpret these things makes all the difference in the world. And all of our needs are made to be meant. We are not meant to have lives of lack or limit. We are made to be living lives of great happiness, great health, and great prosperity. All right, I'd like to invite you to join me now in prayer. Eternal and loving God, we thank you so much for having created us in your image. We thank you, Lord, for having created a world where indeed we are meant to have lives of great prosperity, great health, and great happiness. We thank you, Lord, for giving us understanding when there are challenges that seem insurmountable 
when we don't always understand, we know, Lord, and give us the patience and the understanding to realize we don't have your vantage point. But give us, Lord, the patience, the understanding, and truly the love to know that indeed it is you who is there for us, and it is you who shares with us the virtue of all wondrous things. We thank you, Lord, in the name of faith, hope, and love. Amen. Amen.